podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hello, agents, and welcome back to the Age of Independence. This is your host, Caitlin Agar, and just want to catch you guys up to speed. It's been an action-packed couple of weeks with the holidays, the new year. 2021 is upon us, and there's no better time to think about what we could be doing to grow our agencies, scale our agencies, compete in the modern market. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into some hot topics, and I invited a really special guest for you guys. Um, we're going to meet Nicholas Ayers today. And I have a feeling that at least half of you guys in the audience tuning in on your way to work today are like, oh man, we know this dude. Um, You've probably hung out with him at events. Um, He is a just a trailblazer. He's a little notorious, I think, from, uh, from afar for just rocking out in a couple different areas that we're going to get into. But we got, what you guys don't know is that, uh, Nicholas Ayers and I don't actually know each other yet, do we? So- <laughs> no, nope, not really. So I mean, hey, we, we got to hang out for about two minutes before you hit record here. But uh, other than that, yeah, not really. Well, nice to meet you. Likewise. And thanks for coming on the show. So I've been kind of, I guess, like stalking your social media from afar, trying to figure out what it is. You, you are like shaking up a bunch of stuff and you'd bring this like different perspective to topics that I can't wait to hear more about. But I think what just really stood out to me when I see your stuff on Facebook, LinkedIn, is uh, I think we're both passionate about companies that are built by agents for agents. Yeah. And um, I think they're, I think that's pretty cool. And I think we're both trying to make insurance not boring. Is that fair? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think we're trying to, we're doing our best. I don't know, I don't know how successful we are, uh, but we're, we're trying. Yeah. Okay. So Nicholas, catch us up to speed a little bit about the, your companies. You are, um, you're the agency owner of your own insurance agency, Thrive Shore. You have a bunch of other stuff that you're building and growing right now. And I want to hear a little bit about that empire. Sure. Um, I always start these conversations off by telling people, um, I, I am a big proponent. Just me, my personality is I just, I just want to ride the wave. And so if there are things that I see that I think I could bring value to, or that I can uh, I can uh, help out with, or that I can do. I'm always thinking. Like my pro- my problem is never coming up with ideas. I can always come up with ideas. It's a matter of how do I actually make them work. So uh, you're right. I I still uh, I am an agency owner. I own Thriveshare Insurance Solutions. Uh, we're a completely remote agency. Uh, we've been uh, operate we've been operating since November of 2018. Uh, so we're just beyond the two year mark. Uh, we have a great team that, that allows me to do a lot of other cool stuff. Um, and I've been an insurance agent since 2005. Uh, opened my first scratch agency in 2012. Uh, and then I didn't have enough punishment there. So I, I decided <laughs> to do it again in 2018. And within that time frame, uh, we've, we've done a few other things uh, without, and I don't want to spend too much time just, you know, I don't want to break my hand, patting myself on the back here. That's not what this is about. But 
uh, we in that time we we also created me and my partner Dave Jackson created uh, Insurance Agency Owners Alliance, otherwise known as IAOA. Uh, it's for independent agency owners only. Uh, the uh, other thing that we've been able to do is we launched Major League Video Marketing, which is a training program that teaches insurance agents predominantly how to use video marketing with paid ads on YouTube and using Google advertising. And then we also created Better Agency, and myself and a few other people. Uh, we created Better Agency, which is, and and I and I this is not hyperbole. I believe it's the number one insurance CRM uh, for insurance agents. We really have a strong emphasis towards the independent market. We believe that uh, it is different than other types of markets. There's no right way or wrong way necessarily. It's just a preference. And we want to do everything in our power to help independent agency owners and independent agents grow their agency with done-for-you automation, kind of filling the gaps where a lot of people have struggled in years past, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to create it, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to deploy these things. We want to make a full suite of a done-for-you product as much as we can that's going to help agents cross-sell, sell retain business, reach out, nurture, uh, and all of the above. And so uh, we do have a lot of stuff going and we're excited for where the future uh, is going to take us. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a snapshot from a, a 30,000 foot view of, of, of what we do. Well, and you were up 30,000 feet just, uh, what, 24 hours ago? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I think I have stock in Southwest Airlines. Um, <laughs> so. so I feel like you could put the word branding under the word better on your t-shirt and that would be half the stuff I want to talk about you, with you today. So like, just the, the branding coming out of Better Agency is yeah. incredible. And I think it's something that all agency owners can have takeaways from just the, what you guys have done to get your message out and make it clear to your audience, I think is, is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so with like made you look video, you're solving these problems for agencies and better, better agencies. I almost feel like you could coin a new term. I think agentpreneur would fit on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, that would be better than half the stuff I come up with. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And half the stuff that people call me. Um, so that probably would be an improvement. So did you start out as a problem solver first or were you always kind of like a marketing guy and then realized that you could build and create new things with that knack? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. That's a great question. I think it's a combination of both. So I think my natural um, temperament, my natural way of thinking is, is I, I want to solve problems. If you ask my wife, she'll say, I want to solve too many problems every time we get in a conversation. And sometimes <laughs> she's like, just let me talk. Um, but that's how I think. That's how I operate. I, you know, when, when I see a problem, I, I want it to be fixed. I want to fix the problem. I don't want to have a nagging issue going for, uh, in, in my life. And so uh, from a marketing standpoint, I got my start. Uh, my very first job, Caitlin, was I was working in a uh, public access TV station at the age of, I want to say, 15, 16 years old. That's how I got my start uh, in, in video. Uh, this was back in about wow. 1997, 1998, that time frame. Uh, there was no internet video. The internet was barely a thing. I mean, that was like saved by the bell time frame. All yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, just when I say public access television, I mean, I think we've already lost half the people, but we were, we were working at a public access TV station and I got my start uh, editing video and editing video back then was completely different than it is today wow. uh, without getting into the technicalities and the boring <laughs> stuff. But, you know, it had to do with VHS tapes and all kinds of stuff and uh, VCRs and cables that ran to this and that. And that's how we got my start in video. Uh, then as I started to, uh, you know, going to my 20s and my 30s, and I got into sales and particularly insurance sales. Um, I, you know, we started an agency in 2012. I had, we had zero policies on the books and zero dollars in the bank. 
We had to figure out a way to market. We had to figure out a way to yeah to to make money. <laughs> I was I was a process server at night delivering court summons and eviction notices to people in really not the best geographic areas uh, in Northern California, right outside the Bay Area. And I was doing that so that, you know, we could uh, afford, you know, popsicles and popcorn for dinner uh, with me and my <laughs> wife and my then newborn son. Like every kid's dream dinner. <laughs> every kid's dream dinner, but you had to figure out a way to make it work. And so yeah. I really fell in love and taking what I knew about the creative aspect of video and just marketing in general. And I really wanted to go down that rabbit hole and it is a rabbit hole. I mean, it's just like anything else. The, you know, there's no end in sight and just really learning about how people make decisions, learning about buyer psychology, learning about uh, copywriting, learning about a lot of kind of classical forms of marketing um, and and then trying to apply that to business and applying that to the way that we advertise today. The principles remain the same. It's just some of the methods change. And so uh, for me, I saw a huge need in the marketplace that insurance agents didn't really have a place or um, an opportunity to really learn these things. And so I wanted from an insurance agent standpoint, kind of, bring insurance into that fold and into that mix. And then seeing how we were generating leads and we were doing all this, seeing that there was needed to be a, there was a problem that needed to be solved, whether you're buying leads or you're generating leads, however you do it, there's a problem that needs to be solved when it comes to processes and automation and follow-up and sales in general. And so we wanted to kind of come up with a, a system or a solution that was going to allow insurance agents to have those answers at their fingertips. And that's how Better Agency started. And that's where the development continues to go. And you're right. I do believe I, I, you don't have to be an insurance agent to create a company or create a solution. I don't think that's the, a requirement. Um, but I do think that insurance agents should start to take more control over this. Because for years, Caitlin, we've been saying in the independent agents, in the independent uh, side of things for a while. We we need our we need vendors to do this. We need vendors to do that. And at the end of the day, I just got tired of asking vendors to do stuff. And I'm gonna if I can do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna figure it out. If I've gotta if I've gotta figure it out, we'll just make it happen. Um, John Maxwell says the number one characteristic of a leader is they make things happen. And I believe that our industry is full of leaders. We have plenty of leaders all around. But we need to have more people kind of catch the vision. And so I do think that more companies should be started by insurance agents. I think it'd be great. And if you're a tech company listening to this and you're not an insurance agent, you don't have an insurance background, then you should bring insurance agents into the mix. You should bring those people into your product and help them drive your product so that you guys, so that anybody listening to this who's not an insurance agent can, can advance what they're doing. So long-winded, I, um, I do believe that uh, problem solving is something that I'm just naturally uh, wired to try to do. And I think that most business owners listening to this probably feel the same way. And then the marketing side is just kind of my creative outlet to kind of solve some of those problems. It's just a mechanism to solve the problem. So what does an agent do when they find themselves in their agency and they are responsible for the marketing, but maybe they haven't been working on videos and fine tuning this craft for the past 22 years. And they're responsible for making it rain. They're responsible for making sure that there's leads in their agency so that they can drive revenue. How, how, how can agency owners do better in that space so that they're not just counting on their renewals to like keep them afloat and only working on renewal processes, which are huge, by the way, and a big, huge part of what Better Agency does. But how can they do better? What can, what can, what can we do differently to get our message out there as insurance agents and drive traffic into the agencies in 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 today's world where maybe, maybe the mailers that you did five, six, 10 years ago just aren't working for you anymore. Yeah. Um, 
I think that there's a few things there. I'm going to reverse order that a little bit. So uh, if you're an agency and you're doing direct mail, I think direct mail can still have its place. I think that what you do, what agency owners should do, is they just need to add to the arsenal. So imagine this as a practical example. You do an every door direct mail uh, piece to a certain zip code. And then while they get that in the mail, and hopefully you're doing more than one mail campaign, no, just one mail campaign in any situation right. is going to be tough sledding, but it's, it's part of a larger campaign. And then I think what you do is you chase it with video ads over that same area. So no matter, so they have the tangible piece in their hands from the mail, they keep seeing you come in the mailbox. And then every time they get on the computer, they see you as well. I think there's a lot of power there. There's that aspect. What can agency owners do better? I think this is part of a larger conversation uh, where I talk about some of the, you know, where I think that the insurance agency of 2021 and beyond is going to start to head. But I do think that there are some agency owners that should, if they can, take this by the take this by the horns and they should control what they're doing. Um, you know, we need to demystify marketing in general, but we definitely need to demystify uh, video marketing and take the fear out of that because I think a lot of agents are scared. They don't know how to do it. They think, well, I, I don't know how to make this work. So it, it brings a certain level of intimidation and fear. And just because something is new doesn't mean it has to be scary or hard. You know, most of the communication that we do with our clients by video is done with our cell phone. I do this stuff because it's fun, because it's a hobby. That's it. But most of the stuff that we do with our clients is done by cell phone or by a generic webcam. And I think that when you can just start with your systems and processes, here's where agents can get a start. Just start to videotape your systems and processes. Start to document those things so that when you have new hires or if you're working with a VA firm or, or in your internal team, just start to have your just start to videotape those those things. What you do on your screen, click here, click there. Make sure you put this in the agency management system under the file section here. Make sure you notate your notes like this, and you just start to get more comfortable with that. I think video is great. We always think about it in customer outreach, and it is, but we fail to to believe that or fail to see its value internally and what we can do with our own team. And I think the more we can do that, we can videotape our processes. We can do short video emails to centers of influence. Hey, John, over at ABC Lending, I just wanted to shoot you this quick video. I know Christmas is coming up. I just want to let you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, um, you know, whatever the politically correct term is for John. And just want to say, hey, we're thinking about you. We'd love to connect with you after the first of the year. Done. Send. I mean, we don't have to make it this hard thing. I think we think we have to make our videos look like it's a Hollywood production or we have to think about it in terms of perfection. And I've said years ago, and I said this from one of our uh, events back in Orlando in 2017, you know, your authenticity will trump any polish that you do. So when you're just real and authentic on camera and when your clients see that, your centers of influence, see it, your staff sees it, anybody who sees it, they just see that it's a regular person just talking and it doesn't have to be some Shakespearean play or recital, then I think you're going to get more comfortable yeah. with it. It's going to become easier for you. You're going to be able to just be more efficient, more effective. You can systematize what you do in your agency. You can get everybody on the same page. It'll help your training. It'll help your marketing. It'll help a lot of areas. And then when you feel like, okay, I've got a grasp on this, then you can start to dip your toe into, okay, how do I do outbound? How do I, how do I project out to my community, to my state, to my locality, and how do I bring opportunities in? I think there's a separation there. And a lot of agency owners, they want to start to round third base and still home. And really, they should just get in the batter's box and learn how to swing the bat. Um, so there's that. But I also think that there are agency owners who just, 
you get, you're spinning a million plates. I understand it. I get it. You got payroll. You got training. You've got a. You're basic. You're you're everything. Yeah. You're CEO. You're like CFO. You're CMO. You're every designation in the C-suite in your agency, and you have to make sure that the vac, you know, the vacuum cleaner's picking up all the little staples on the ground, and you have to make, you know, you're doing everything, right? And so for those people, I'd say you should probably look to hire hire that stuff out, bring somebody into your agency, and put it, make it a priority that you know your outbound marketing is going to be something that you're going to delegate to another person because you don't have the time, and you don't have the desire to learn. It is a learned skill; anybody can learn it. But you don't have the desire or the time to really figure that out. You know, I, I can learn how to work on a car, but don't ask me to change your oil, right? <laughs> I, I, I could figure it out, but I don't want to. You know what I do? I take it down to the mechanic and have them do it. So you could probably yeah. like walk onto a car dealership lot, sell the car, and then <laughs> well, you know, to do the oil the, change. The, the, the point is, is you could teach me how to change the oil. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not using the force here. So <laughs> it, I, it's a learned thing. I can learn it, but I don't want to learn it. And so there are those people who work on their own car and change their own oil. And there are some people who say, I'm going to take it to the mechanic. And there's no right way or wrong way. You just got to do something and you just have to stick to it and you have to be patient with it. And you have to just say, this is a part of our business now. However you, however you do it. And I think with video being such a big part of how people are getting their message out in 2021, that there's a little apprehension there because so many people, one of the biggest mortal fears is public speaking. And then you tell them that they need to show up on video and they start thinking about their lighting and saying, um, too many times. Yeah. I said, I say make some people start sweating to tell them they have to to get on video. But I think I I say, um, a lot. I say all those (laughs) things a lot. Um, like that. But, and the thing is people will always say, well, I don't like the way that I look or the way that I sound. And I have to go, you realize that's exactly how you look and sound to everybody else in the real <laughs> world. No matter if you're at gas station, at Starbucks, that's how your voice sounds. And you know what? I've never met anybody in private conversation where they go, oh my gosh, did you hear the way their voice sounded? It's horrible. <laughs> so I think we overthink it. Oh my gosh. We overthink it, yeah. And we and we and we, you know, we get concerned. We have to we have to hold the camera up at this angle so that it doesn't get our double chins. Guess what? You have a double chin, and it's fine. Nobody cares. You're the only one who cares, and that insecurity, that fear, is the thing that keeps you from implementation. And your money, your reward, however it is, your freedom is on the other side of your implementation. And so, if you like to hold on to the fear and the insecurity more than you want to have the reward. Well, that's fine, but that's a mindset problem. That's not a reality problem. That's all in your head. It's not real. Nobody cares what you look like. Nobody cares what you sound like. Nobody cares. So just get out there and implement. And like, if I asked you to recall, like describe to me someone else's most embarrassing moment. It's like, well, do we even remember it, right? right? We think of our own most embarrassing moments, but I couldn't list somebody else's because right. it doesn't sink in. It just, you move on. And uh, so I, th- I think we're too hard on ourselves sometimes. But when, when you think about all this fear that goes into trying something new, showing up on video, putting yourself out there, it could even be, you know, at a networking event or something, something that makes you feel out of your comfort zone where you're just like, ah, I hate small talk or, you know, uh, 
there's probably other people out there that feel the same way that you do. What if you were the person that was willing to just bite the bullet and do it? There's a huge opportunity there. Because and, that's and that's exactly correct. 99% of people don't want to be on video. Go be the person. Exactly. Getting your face on video so that your voice yep. is coming out there. And that is 100% the case. Um, I tell people when people talk to us, they talk to me and they say, well, um, uh, they have apprehensions about it. I go, you know what? You have apprehensions. So does the guy over at ABC Insurance around the corner. He's got apprehensions too, right? You better hope he doesn't get over them before you do, because the and this is this is this is a first to market type thing. Yeah, you know you've got you've got to you've got to be where your competition is not. Here's the problem: those other people are starting to come around. So, if you want to be the late adopter, you want to be the laggard in this scenario. Cool. Like you're going to do it one way or the other eventually. You might as well be first to do it, or you might as well be in that early adopter phase to do it. Um, but I do, you know, getting back to it, I think that I, I've been on this rant and rave uh, thing here now for the last couple weeks. I, I really believe in 2021 that more insurance agents, I do think that they need to hire a marketer, a real marketer for their insurance agency, or they need to hire a service, or have, you know, whether it's fractional or whether it's in house, it needs to get done. Because for a couple of reasons, a Geico isn't spending any less money. They're not going to state farm isn't spending any less money. If you're a state farm agent, I'm not here to dog you, but when I talk to independent agents, you know, these other outfits aren't going to spend less money. So you bet you need to do something. The, what happens is, and what's been the kick for the last couple of years is insurance agents will say, well, I'll just go get an intern from the community college. I'll just, I'll get whoever I can get. Because the they'll know Facebook and Instagram. And That's the like, thought, right? And posts. That's <laughs> the thought. But the, 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 I think, and I think that that is okay. What I have a problem with and what I challenge my peers with is this. Because when they say this, I can get it for cheap. That's a mind. Okay. You've got a mindset problem. When, when you're just trying to, I mean, my friend Preston says it all the time, being cheap is expensive. And <laughs> when you, that's so good. When you try to just say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the cheapest, per I'm just going to get a warm body to try to post to Facebook and try to post to Instagram or, Twitter or whatever the case is. You're not really serving anything. You're not really serving anybody. You have high expectations with little to no risk on your end. I think that insurance agents need to go out and find a dedicated marketer, a real marketer, somebody who understands not just how to post a picture to Facebook. I can get my seven-year-old to figure that out. But somebody who really understands or has uh, or desires to understand the more fundamental aspects of marketing, copywriting, landing page optimization, uh, you know, funnel optimization, those things. You need a real, what I would call a real CMO, a real chief marketing officer for your organization. And you can say, I don't, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. Again, they're not spending any less, folks. They're going to, they're, they're not... Those other outfits, those direct riders, they're playing offense. And if we if we fail to play offense back, we have real opportunity in our local communities, within our niches, with whatever we're doing. There's a lot of margin still there where the direct riders, you know, they can't they can't penetrate at all. And so you need to do that. I think a, a real CMO for an insurance agency is going to start to be a must-have because getting by just on the idea of well, I get referrals, that that's that's tough sledding. 
that's hard to scale. If you don't want to scale, that's fine. It's hard to scale that. You need both. Um, and I think, uh, you know, another thing that insurance agents need is I really think insurance agents, you know, the 2021, I, every year there's a, there's a, there's a bus term of the year. In 2020, it was data. Data this, totally. data this, data this, data this, data, 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 data. Everybody was talking about data. Nobody knew what it meant. Yeah. If you asked them, you know, what does that really mean? Before that, it was, you know, automation. Before that, it was video. So there's always these buzzwords that go around every year. It's going to be curious to see what 2021's buzzword is. But um, it's going to be podcast. No, the, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think another hire that insurance agents need to make is they need to bring in somebody to really use the data. And it needs to work in conjunction with the CMO. So when you when insurance agents tell me we need our data, the question is, is okay, great, why? What, and are you they, with it? what are you looking to do with it? We'll yeah, and then they say X. The, the question I always want to ask is to what end? Well, I need my data because I need to be able to know what's working. To what end? Well, if I know it's not working, then I can know where I need to spend money. Okay, to what end? You know, you just keep drilling down why. And so insurance agents, again, don't have the bandwidth to deal with this. And really it's the job of a real data scientist in other organizations to do this. And I think that insurance agents can really learn a lesson from other organizations and bring this type of role into our agency. Someone who's gonna look at the data, analyze the data, optimize the data, work with the marketing person to uh, to put up campaigns on what's working, working with the sales team to figure out what is working, what's not working, and really kind of, you know, it's gotta be more than just bars and graphs and dashboards. That's all fancy and that's all great in our computer systems. But if we don't know how to actually harness it and do something with it, with what we're being given, then it's pointless. And so a real data scientist or a real data analyst who can come in, mine the data, figure out what's working, and then develop strategy with the CMO or with the marketing person to really push that stuff out and, and to really A-B test, do true A-B testing where you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're testing this versus that, and you're really seeing what's working versus not what's working. Working with sales, and I think a chief revenue officer, I know I'm blathering here, so feel free to cut me off. No, here. not at all. I, I was just going to say that for those of you that think that Nicholas is really on a roll here, he's actually holding back. And if you want to know how he really <laughs> feels about data, check out his episode on the Better Agency podcast on how, how that term has become watered down. I, I so think, that's just like a little tidbit for after here. So hop I think data podcast. is important. <laughs> data is valuable. It's critical. You got to know what's working. But it can't I mean, just be a buzzword. We have to think it, about like it, what it, does it mean? And we have to be strategic about what we're spending our time on, what we're going to do with those numbers. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. 
We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's Virtual com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. You have to, you have, exactly. Data, data is critical. You have to know what's working. But more than that, you need to deploy strat real strategy around the data. You need to figure out, okay, if our cost per sale, what's the return on marketing, right? Not just the ROI, but what's the return on marketing? Uh, and that is sales, that is campaigns, that is everything involved. What's the, what's our ROM? Um, what is, what, is, what, what are the metrics with our carriers? Okay, maybe we need to work with the sales team and, and make sure we're pushing business here versus here. It's all those things that's working in conjunction. So a CMO, a data scientist, and I believe a, a CRO, a chief revenue officer, somebody who's gonna really be in charge of driving revenue to the agency, working with your sales team, working with these people. And I know this is a lot of hires and maybe you don't hire everybody at once, but you should start thinking about these things in, the, in these terms where you're, looking to build these pieces because you're building an organization. And then, again, it goes so much back to mindset. Are you an insurance producer who happens to have a shingle? Or are you a business owner who runs an organization? And there's no harm in it. There's no, there's no right way or wrong way. But if you're somebody who says, I'm a, I'm a true business owner, then you have to do what other business owners do. And you have to think about all the aspects of your business and where they fit in and how every department speaks to this department and everything works in conjunction to go towards our North Star, right? Whatever that is. Like, how do you scale if you don't know what's working? And you have to have that data or you're not going to know, it. hey, the marketing's working, but the sales team isn't. And there are lots of agency owners, maybe some who are listening to this and they're thinking, uh, Nick, that would have that been cool for me 10 years ago. I'm a, I'm a lifestyle agent. And I think, man, that is exactly where everybody wants to be. Congratulations. I'm not, that's not wrong. What I'm saying is for the people who are like, I need to grow by 10% this year. I need to grow by 15%. My revenue. I need to grow my, my net revenue, my bottom line on my PL by X. Great. This is how we need to start to operate. And this is how we need to start to think. Um, we can't just think about, we can't think about a business like we're still a producer. You have to think about it like you're a CEO. And that's that's got to be more than just a fancy title. It's really how do I bring all these departments together to make them function so that we can go in a unified direction with our business. And that's uh, it, com complex. It's you've you've personally been through the transition of, you know, at one point, you know, being a producer, having an agency, doing another startup to now being a chief marketing officer of an exploding startup company that's, you know, only been around so long. And so, you know what it's like when you're building a massive organization that is exploding in growth from the ground up and having to layer on pieces where it's not just you doing it anymore. Now you're having to communicate with all these other departments that you mentioned. And it becomes a, a, a little bit more like a, a team, a team sport and like a relay yeah. than just a sprint, which exactly. you mentioned recently in one of your posts that really had the, I felt like it really crystallized like what it's like in that startup culture when it's not just a, you know, five person operation anymore. Just because I can't do something doesn't mean I should do something. 
right? There's an opportunity cost. There's a, there's a, there's a return on my time. There's all those things. You, and you're right. I mean, so just because you can write the most insurance in your agency as a, as an agency owner, doesn't mean you probably should. <laughs> That's probably not where the best use of your time is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But, and you have to come to that determination. Um, if you're a really good salesperson, maybe you need to turn into a really good sales trainer. Um, and, and, and just because I can, I can do something for the health of my organization doesn't mean I should be doing those things. Not if I want to really project the next two years, three years, five years, 10 years or beyond, you should start to think about how do I, how do I build a foundation with what I know and then use that as a building block to scale to where I want to get to. Um, I think that's, that's really I, when I when I talk to the insurance agents about anything that that seems to be the mindset that um, I run into a lot is we've made it really easy to become an agency owner, which is it's really easy in these days to become an agency owner. Um, and if you're gonna wear that mental, that's fine. But this is what an agency owner I think is gonna start to look like in in the years to come because I do see that as the world turns, uh, there's gonna be a shift in the marketplace and. Uh, you know, there's probably going to be a squeeze, and it's a pendulum it swings this way and that way. And I think coming this way, there's start to, there's going to there's going to be a hardening of some markets. There's going to be a squeeze. It's going to be harder and harder for that one to two to three man or or woman shop to really operate the like the way they used to operate in years past without dialing certain things in. That's why a better agency exists. It's to help those people really systematize and have a process for what they're doing and to provide that context. So it's almost like you have an additional two or three employees working for you that are accomplishing these things and that are setting you up for your most efficient tasks and processes. Exactly. But, so I have a question for you. Yeah. What you've just described for us about what marketing can look like in an agency and what those campaigns can look like in an agency does that exist in an agency that doesn't have a CRM? Can 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 an agency have no. an effective like marketing campaign and not have a CRM technology in place? That no, they can't. And that's and I I have to measure my words because anything I say makes me sound like a huckster and a carnival barker and a salesperson. <laughs> I want I want, but I honestly believe this. I mean, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. Um, you cannot run a true sales organization without, and I'm going to use big terms here, and I'm going to try to uh, break them down as I go. Lay it you, on. Ha you have to understand your own pipeline optimization. So you have to know where your sources of business are coming in from. This goes back to data, you know, data, data, data. This, you know, knowing where your sources of business are, uh, are where your opportunities are, what is producing the, the, the cheapest cost per acquisition, uh, the best cost per acquisition, best, you know, the retention, the, the, the highest retention levels, all of those things. Your agency management system isn't going to tell you that. It's just not. And, you're, you know, an agency management system is a glorified filing cabinet. And we can't even get a chance to use more than 10% of that. But uh, a, a CRM is going to be what allows you to really play offense and know exactly what's working, what's not working, and where you need to go, where you need to spend money, where you need to spend time, where you need to hire, where you need to focus more on, or what you need to cut off completely. And so you have to, it, you know, a CRM is more than just email automation. That's just mark, you know, just marketing automation where I just send out emails and texts. It's more than that. Mm -hmm. If your CRM doesn't have that, it's not a CRM, <laughs> but it's more than that. 
And it's, it's, it's all those things combined. It's been able to have a full picture of the entire customer journey from soup to nuts, from prospect to sale to claim and everywhere to renewal and everywhere in between and be able to tie all those things back together so you know what is working and what the true health of your agency is. Without it, you're just guessing. And it's hard to make without real attribution, without real intel. It's hard to make educated decisions, especially at scale. If you're an agency owner and you're writing 40, 50, 30,000 dollars in premium, you want to you're writing 30,000 dollars in premium, you want to write 50, you want to write 60, you better have a plan. You better know how you're going to get there. You better have a strategy. If you're writing 100,000, you want to get 150 or 200,000, that's going to take strategy. You know, a strategy because this is something I was hung up on for a long time. A strategy is just how you're going to do what you're going to do, right? We all want to get to the top of the mountain. We all want to climb Mount Everest. Your strategy is how you're going to accomplish that. So you're an agency owner and you want to you want to double what you write in premium. You need to have a strategy for that. So when I look at the mountain, I say, okay, I want to get to the very top. Well, I got two ways of doing it. I can go the long way. And that long way is going to be safer, not going to be treacherous in any way. Um, and my strategy means I have to pack more sleeping gear, more food, more water to get to the top because it's a longer scenic route, right? Or I can do the other way. My other strategy could be I'm just going to go the more treacherous route, the, the, the more dangerous route, but it's, a, it's going to cut my time in more than half. So maybe my strategy is I, I need to take more climbing materials. I need to take more things to make sure I don't fall off the ledge of a mountain. Right. <laughs> right. That's the strategy. The goal, the milestone is this. And we have metrics along the way. We have mile markers along the way to know that we're on the right path to our goal. The strategy is just how you're going to do that. So if you're an agency owner who doesn't have a CRM, but you're saying, I want to grow, well, then I would challenge you on the strategy that you have. And a CRM is just a tool. It, it doesn't do you any good if you don't use it. Just like the hammers and the screwdrivers in my, in my garage don't do me any good if I don't use them. But you need to have a strategy. You need to have a path that has set mile markers, set metrics so that you know you're doing the right things if you're going to accomplish the goal that you have. So help me out here because I it wasn't that long ago that I was a captive insurance agent and I'm relatively new to the independent space. So when I first started like meeting people and you know it's been this great experience, there were a couple buzzwords, data was one of them, CRM is the other one. So like just break it down for us like what's the difference between an agency management system and a CRM? Yep. So an agency management system is just what you know in your agency for, for the independent agency owners who are listening to this. Do we have a lot of captives in, in the crowd or is, am I talking to independents? So I think we have a fair amount of captives listening okay. that are planning out their steps about how they're going to launch their, launch their independent agencies. I think they see the opportunity that's on the horizon yep. and they might be waiting on a book sale or they might be, you know, um, figuring out what they need to know so that they have a good plan in place. And so, uh, well, I bet you, I bet you, you know, some folks who could probably help them with that. Yeah, we have to, oh my gosh, guys, you know, that's, that's what, why quantum? So, so. so um, an agency management system, an AMS is, I'm going to speak as if I'm speaking to my neighbor who is a landscaper. I write your insurance with one of 10 different companies. Instead of taking that data and putting it into a central location, what happens is the insurance carrier that I write it with and all the other insurance carriers that I write business with, they download that information into my agency management system. They tell me the policy limits. They tell me the drivers and the uh, they tell me the coverages. I can store my some of my documents. It's basically a filing cabinet for your data. Agency management system. Every independent agency, just about, just about, has one. 
The problem with an AMS or agency management system is while they have tried, they have not done a very good job at trying to incorporate and be, uh, the CRM function, a customer relationship management system, a system that is going to help enhance the relationships with your current customers or your prospects. Think so they about wasn't this. built to intuitively know the needs of an insurance agency and what that relationship cycle looks like. Correct. And so let, let's go through a scenario. You, okay. you go to uh, a chamber of commerce mixer. You meet 20 people, you get their business cards. Um, or um, you are talking with a client and she says, hey, you know, my, my brother, was, we were talking about this today. He needs to get insurance. Um, can, can you reach out to him? Absolutely, right? It becomes a, a prospect. Mm-hmm. So I take that data and I enter into my CRM. And then I'm going to speak from what I know. There should be there should be automations that send out emails and text messages and set automated tasks and allow you to have a complete checklist of what you need to do, have reports, all the above, things that are not existing in your agency management system. But they're going to reach out to those prospects, try to set up an appointment, try to bring people to the sales cycle. Um, a lot of people don't know what to write in an email, coincidentally enough. So we have that taken care of. We have all that stuff already done and outlined. They don't know how to build automation to where if this, then that type scenarios happen. So if they do this, then that happens. Or they don't have any sort of long tail on any sort of nurture campaigns or X dating or anything that's important to an insurance agent's career. Because there's lots of CRMs on the marketplace. You can go to a million CRMs, but they're, they're, they're broad market, mass market CRMs. They're not built for insurance agents. You'd have to spend a ton of time and a ton of money trying to customize it. And that's such a headache. <laughs> that is a, that's, that's more than a headache, right? That's, that's problematic. So a uh, better agency has it all done for you. It's an insurance CRM. We don't cater to any other verticals. We cater to property and casualty insurance agents only, personal commercial lines, that's it. So think about that. And then think about the current customers that you have, being able to cross-sell them, being able to add more policies to them and round out more accounts or be able to touch base with them at renewal. Maybe they, they have a certain rate increase. Maybe you'd like to send a certain communication to them based on this rate increase. Whereas if they only have a 2% rate increase, you're just high-fiving them, telling them thanks for, thanks for the, the loyalty and let us know if you have any questions. Right? There's all kinds of scenarios that are unique to an insurance agent and their book of business. The place where we prove our worth is in the claims, uh, when claims happen. Right? Do we disappear or do we show up? How do we show up? What do we say? All those things. So being yeah. able to track all that through pipelines, being able to have campaigns that that communicate to, to clients from, from lead to customer to um, claims and renewals, be able to store all the information, be able to have all your notes and have everything in one central location is the difference between a CRM, like better agency, and an AMS. So in a CRM, you can pull off A and B program pilots where you're comparing different ways of going about the things that you just mentioned. Correct. So you could you could say, hey, I'm going to do a test and I'm going to see if those 10 people that I met at the chamber, if I reach out today, mm-hmm. how many of them respond to me tonight? Whereas if I wait till Monday over the weekend, if I hear back from any of them at all. Exactly. Or yeah. you could extrapolate that to the claim scenario, particularly is what comes to mind is how you'd handle the claim scenario and, you know, the, the renewals. And- the best way I can explain it as far as the metaphor is concerned is your AMS is your, um, it's like your play sheet. It's the, uh, it's, it's, it's the stadium, right? It encompasses all the stuff in your agency. But uh, a CRM is the team that you put on the field to, to run the plays and actually do the work. 
because an AMS isn't going to do that. Now, some some AMS companies have tried, and it's been very lackluster. Um, results are not as great in comparison. And so, a CRM is going to be what is actually the people, the quarterback actually throwing the touchdown pass for you. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to you know, expand on your, your new business growth without having systems for that, for tracking it, being able to see what's working, getting your eyes on it, and then being able to review it with your team and, and make plans for moving forward. So I think that's huge. I think what you guys are creating is, is pretty crazy cool. Thank and you. when, when you're talking about just like for the agents that are working on this, and maybe they're thinking about hiring a chief marketing officer and, you know, maybe they're going to be that person in their agency. I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are when it comes to branding. So in an agency um, that's working on growing in this area, would you say that the the branding part of it, like who the company is, what their message is, how they're going to be different, is that something that the agency owner should start working on defining themselves before they bring someone else on? And like, how do what do you see as the relationship between those two things? I I, I do believe yes. You need to know what you stand for, who you are. Branding is not your logo. Branding is not the color <laughs> of your sign. It's not branding. I guess it, it kind of <laughs> is. McDonald's, you got a pretty cool sign, but no. <laughs> well, but, you know, as far as an entree is concerned on your plate, you know, the, the color of your logo or the gloss on your lips and your business card is not part of your branding. It's a very one-tenth of one percent of that. Branding is, A, it's, how other people feel or think about what they think about when they think about your brand. And I do believe that, and I'm going to replace the word branding with positioning. Cause I think that positioning of your company, positioning of yourself is important. Now, if you are an insurance agent who is an insurance agent, because you just want to make some money, that's a hard sell to clients, right? This, there needs to be an overarching reason why you exist. There needs to be a larger, a bigger picture as to why you do what you do. What is the intrinsic or the, the deeper level reason you exist in business? Are there injustices that you want to fight? Do you really hate it when customers in XYZ vertical suffer this? Do you sell life insurance because you remember what it was like when a relative died and the surviving spouse didn't have life insurance. There's a reason, right? There's a, there's positioning. There's an anchor to what you do. And that anchor resonates and, and, that, and all that is the foundation for the words that you say, for how you compete for business, for the value propositions that you uh, create in your, in your business. Branding is and positioning plays, it's it's like the atmosphere in all of that. It's the oxygen that feeds it all. And so you need to figure out what your brand stands for. I'm of the opinion, I've, I've seen it all, I feel like to a degree. I'm not going to tell you that your brand is wrong or this brand is wrong. That's a, that's a you thing. That's a, how you're going to position yourself. Here's the good thing. There are millions and millions and millions of people and half of them are going to hate it. Some <laughs> of them are going to love it. You only want to care about the people who love it. And so you don't need to be all things to all people with your brand. But you need to stand. You need to know what it stands for. You need to know what your position is and how people are going to think about you 
and your company. I'll give you an example. There are insurance agents who uh, make it part of their positioning and their brand to, because it's not, I think we always think in our head polit political issues and that's not, that's part of it, but it's not all of it. Right. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be it at all. But there are people who think about their brand and things that are important to them and they associate it very strongly to local community. And they even go further. They'll, 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 they'll center around maybe their local uh, police and fire department mm -hmm. um, or their first responders or America. That's not how I want to brand things, but that's fine if that's how you want to brand things. And that's if that's how you want to position yourself. You want to position yourself to be known as the agency that really supports local police and fire. Cool. I mean, I'm not going to write campaigns for that type of stuff for my agency. It's just not our branding, but that could be your branding. And that's part of your brand is your, or it could be, it doesn't have to be that. It could be just, we stand up for small businesses. We, so as a, as a good example, a lot of communities are shutting down a lot of local small businesses. You want to take the position that you're going to do something about that. So you're going to create fundraisers. You're going to do uh, charity drives. You're going to petition in front of your state government or your local government. That's all part of your brand and your positioning. You're going to write on Facebook how you stand for that. Guess what? There'll be people who think that you're completely idiotic. Who cares? There'll be people who love you for it. And that's great. The people who thought you were idiotic weren't going to buy from you to begin with. So quit trying to appease them. So sometimes so figuring out like who you are and what you're here to do so that you can help get your team behind that and align everyone's message you, together. You, you hire according to your brand. You're not going to bring. So if you're this local small business owner who stands for stands up for small business, you're probably not going to hire somebody who thinks, yeah, we need to shut all these businesses down. This is because <laughs> right, that doesn't fit your brand, your positioning. You're not going to create. Uh, anything on your personal Facebook page or your public Facebook page, you're not going to run ads or put it on your website. Anything that's contrary to that position that you take and that position that other people see you at. Mm -hmm. And so your brand and your position, I believe I, I'm a, I'm a fan that it should be provocative to some degree. I think provocation is a very good thing. Every successful brand does it to a, to a level. I think if you want to be vanilla, it's a great way to be forgotten. Um, and just realize that this is who we are. This is who we stand for. This is the cut. These are the customers we want to go after. So to answer your question, bring that all, put a bow on that. Yes, you need to figure that out before you bring somebody in. Hopefully you're not bringing, you can bring in people to help you clarify your brand, bring clarity to your message. But hopefully you're not having to hire people to come in and try to figure out your brand. It would you be should, like. You should probably know that to some degree. They, they can maybe, they can say something to where you go, yes. I've been trying to put words to it forever and I couldn't do it. That's exactly it. That's fine. That's 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 not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you need to have that dialed in before you bring people in to try to execute on your brand. Yeah, like how would a dating relationship go if you uh, started dating somebody who didn't even know who you were as a person yet and what you wanted and where you were going? And yeah, you know, I, I, I'm uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to meet uh, members of the opposite sex. But I'm gonna when I talk to them, I'm gonna tell them, look, I don't even know what sex I am. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, like again, I know it's, it's just an example to paint the picture. Um, yeah, that would be confusing to the people that you're trying to interact with. I mean, let's be real as a personal lines insurance agent, you're selling car and home insurance literally 
anyone you walk by on the street could buy insurance from you. And so I think that's the challenge is that you you really could easily fall into really vanilla branding where it's literally like I sell yeah. car insurance. But here's the thing. Do you want to write everybody's home and auto insurance? <laughs> you probably, like, as a business owner, you're probably, not, thinking, oh, right? you're so, probably thinking in your head, there, there are certain segments of, of the population um, that I don't really want to write. And that's, and that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, or aren't equipped to. So I think that starting there, like just sit down and think about the things that matter to you that like really like get you like worked up. Um, for me, it's career opportunities. Like, oh my goodness. Like if we succeed at X, Y, and Z, think about the lives that we could change. Insurance changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. I'm able to, you know, have all these opportunities because of insurance. And if I can create an amazing career opportunity for someone else or um, an agency ownership opportunity for someone else, how many other people are going to benefit from, from that in their life? And that's your and, positioning and your positioning becomes your brand. So everything that you put out speaks that message. You know, I am a huge advocate for the independent agency channel. I'm a huge advocate for and so I want to do everything. So all of our, everything that we do is to help independent agency owners become better business owners, run better, more profitable agencies, make more money, and live the life that they envisioned when they set out to start an independent agency. And that purpose drives everything. It's the reason why I work six or seven days a week to try to figure something out or try to make something happen. It's because the end goal is if we do, just like you said, if we do X, Y, and Z, then they're going to be able to experience A, B, and C. And that's, that's the hope. And so that, that, that becomes your brand. That becomes who you are. And, you know, I am, I am not somebody that everybody can take or, or, or likes, and that's fine. And, um, but that's, you know, again, it goes back to, I'm trying to just find my tribe, find the people that, that the, the words that I say, they resonate with and they go, yes, that, yes. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm on a, on a search for, and where you as an as an agency owner, or you as an agent, you can help everybody. You need to really find out who you really want to help and why. Um, you're not Mother Teresa. You can't help everybody, and so you just got to figure out. Okay, this is this is the vein, the vertical that we're going, and then once you know that, then you can start to build your team around that. That's that's my those are my 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 opinions on that. I think that has so much to do with it all becoming fun again. Now you're growing, now you're thriving, now you're team building, now you're all working on problems together. And suddenly all that blood, sweat, and tears that you spent building your agency has transformed you from this, you know, couple person shop where you're wearing all the hats, trying to figure out everything, always trying to solve all the problems to now being able to provide leadership direction to a team of people that are working together to do something great that's making a difference that's surrounded around your passion and what you're uniquely equipped to do. And I I think it completely changes the experience that agency owners can have. There's just so many opportunities with what we can build. I am. Um, I'm a big. I'm a big combat sports fan. So I like boxing and I like mixed martial arts. I like to watch it. And I'm a fan. And one of my very favorite fighters of all time, um, he said, "You know, you never get tired when you're beating someone up. You just never get tired. You can beat <laughs> someone up. You just. It's never tiring when you're actually winning the fight. And and I I, I equate that so much to how we operate." Is you know you you find agency owners and they get you know they 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 burn themselves out. You find people in the, in the industry they just they, they throw up the white flag and and there's lots of reasons why that could happen. It's not just because they don't enjoy what they're doing. 
um, there needs to be balance. You need to have a, you know, you need to structure your life, you know, whatever. But I, you know, when you're having fun doing what you're doing and it centers around a, a core mission, a core purpose, and your brand is internal, it's not external, it's internal. It's coming from inside because you believe in it. And it's, it's hard to not have a good time. It's just, it's hard. You don't get tired when you're winning the fight. It, it, people ask me why I love personal lines so much. I think some people feel like personal lines is a bit of a, a grind, a hamster wheel. And it's just like, oh, it's never ending. You need sales every day. But when you're cranking out $300,000 a month in your agents and you have five sales and you get to ring the gong, you know, throughout the day as a team, uh, things hitting the board, like there's so much, uh, it's fast paced, it's dynamic. It becomes this like crazy fast feel. And it's not like sitting in a, a cubicle by yourself waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah, you gotta um, be careful. It's addicting. Yeah. <laughs> it is addicting, isn't it? That um, you know, adrenaline when you achieve success. So I, I can't think of a better note to end on, Nicholas. Um, I have so many more questions for you. Um so I hope we get to connect with it after this. You know, I'm glad that we met and that I've been able to learn more. Thanks so much for just kind of walking us through um, what marketing and branding can mean in an agency, what it can look like, and some just practical things of where we can start and um, brushing up on who we are, why we're here, what we're here to do, and making sure it's coming from our inner passion as the leaders and, and uh, owners in the business, I think makes just a world of difference. We don't have to be everything to everyone, even though you know, we sell a really a broad solution that could apply to, to so many different situations. So tell us how we can reach you. I think first and foremost, if somebody is not hooked up with better CRM, they need to find out about it. And, um, so tell us a little bit about that and how else, um, they can find out about the other things that you do. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was, it was a pleasure, but if people want to learn more about better agency, there's a couple different ways to do it. Uh, you can go to our website, www betteragency.io you can do one of two things you can schedule a, a live uh, demo where you can get on a, a, a call with our team and we can walk you through better agency if you want to start the trial you can do a 14-day trial of better agency it's gonna cost you a dollar you get full access to everything all the done for you campaigns all the cross-selling campaigns all the lead nurturing all the reporting um, everything um, and you can do that for dollars 14 days if you don't like it you don't have to keep it but we think you're going to like it. And you can do that all by going to www.betteragency.io. If anybody wants to connect with me, a couple of different ways. I'm, I'm no stranger to the internet. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can connect with me on YouTube. Um, just type in my name, Nicholas Ayers, and you should be able to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicholas. And I'm going to have to watch this one back and take notes. Really good stuff, guys. So um, listeners, we have so much opportunity in front of us. Let's take a little time, carve it out for yourself to be brainstorming these things, writing things down and begin working on these processes. Figure out where the areas of opportunity are in your agency and then start tackling them head on because when you achieve that, Nicholas is right. The adrenaline rush is, is pretty cool, pretty fun. And it'll just reinvigorate you. You may have been in the insurance industry for a long time, uh, but we can revitalize the way that we are used to doing business and build a different agency in 2021. So listeners, thank you for joining us. This is Caitlin Agar and Nicholas Ayer signing off until next time.